This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 25. And uh, we're dealing with the offerings God asked the Israelites to bring to him in order to build the tabernacle. And remember, the tabernacle is where God's going to move from the mountain down to live among the people. Uh, God wants to dwell among his people, and so that's the whole purpose of it. And the offerings they bring are pictures, and that's just the best way for me to describe it. The languages of the Bible, the Hebrew language, and the Greek language are word picture languages. And that's a, that's a, an understanding that I know a lot of people don't have of, of the Bible, but they're, they're word pictures. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There are a lot of things in Scripture that point to a story or an idea, as far as the words are concerned, that are more than, than just the words themselves. The best way for me to describe it is to use what we would call a, a word picture language in a great movie of the past. And uh, the best way for me to do that is maybe Dances with Wolves. In fact, the, the, whole, the whole movie is named after a word picture. And what was that word picture? You had a soldier out in the prairie, and uh, he, he was supposed to go to a post and uh, command that post. And when he got there, all of a sudden, he realizes that the post has been abandoned by soldiers and he, he tries to shore up the post. It's in total disarray. It's messed up. And in the process, a lone wolf, a skinny little lone wolf, begins to hang around him. And over time, the wolf begins to uh, befriend him. And the whole time, the native tribes around him are watching. And then oftentimes, they see him out in the field playing with this wolf. And they say he's dancing with the wolf. And so they call him. His name is Dancing with Wolves, and that means that they saw him dancing with wolves, and the name is a word picture. It's how they perceived him, and in Scripture, all the words in Scripture have power because Jesus said, the words I say to you are spirit and life, and the Word of God is powerful, and the words in the Hebrew and the Greek oftentimes point to not only what they're saying, but they give us a picture of some aspect of our relationship with God or some aspect of how God's made things or some aspect of how life is to be lived. And so we don't want to miss those because oftentimes you will see greater and deeper understandings of God's word when you understand the pictures that God's word's giving you. And so you oftentimes, if you've been listening to this, and we've been doing this for almost 500 Bible studies now, as we've gone through Psalms and Genesis, and now we're working our way through Exodus, you'll notice that I'll give you a lot of these pictures. Here in Exodus chapter 25, and 
I'm going to tell you for the next few chapters, because we're dealing with God, teaching them how uh, to approach him, teaching him how to have, teaching them how to have a relationship with him, teaching them how to, to worship him. Because he's doing that, he's going to give a lot of pictures. There are a lot of words here that throughout scripture carry the same meaning and understanding. And when you see them, you ought to think, okay, this passage is dealing with this. This passage is talking about this. This passage is revealing to us this aspect of God. It says, these are the offerings you are to receive from them. Now, we're going to only be, deal with chapter, with verse 3 today because it's three of the most important word pictures in the Bible. And so why wouldn't I just take some time and, and spell them out for you? Because, and there are also word pictures that have to do with our worship of God or how we approach God. And the word pictures are gold, silver, and bronze. Now, he's going to, in verse 4, he's going to deal with all kinds of linen and clothing or material that you would make coverings or tents with. That has some very deep significance, okay? And that's in uh, chapter 5 also. And then he's going to deal with what spices and oils and things like that. Great word pictures in, in verse 6. And then the stones that make the ephod in verse 7. So as you can tell, we got to deal with a lot of stuff here because every one of them, everything he asked for, and I'm saying this, everything he asked for relates to some aspect of him and some aspect of how we relate to him. Gold, silver, and bronze are the metals. They're the metals that he asked them to bring to him. He's very specific about these metals, okay? They are they are important to understand when God is asking them to bring him these metals. Gold is obviously, scripturally, everywhere, whenever you see gold, it is the royalty of God, the sovereignty, the power, the majesty of who God is. And when Jesus is born, what is what are the gifts that they bring Jesus? They bring him gold. And gold is the gold standard of the metals. <laughs> I say that because that's not even that funny a joke, Pastor, but it really is. But it is the gold standard. Whenever you hear somebody say the gold standard, why? Because gold historically has been the metal that everybody used as a form of currency. It is the primary currency in the world. It is what we value all currency against is gold. What is the dollar's value against gold? Now, we used to actually back our currencies with gold. Now we have fiat currencies. And what does that mean? We say they have intrinsic value based off of the good faith and credit of a nation. Their currency is based off of that good faith and credit. But the truth is that there's not a lot of good faith and credit right now with a lot of nations because they're in so much debt. And so we call it fiat currency because it can be manipulated so easily. And some nations do that. They do that heavily, like China. China will oftentimes, they inflate their currency so that they can control markets and things like that. That, calls it, that makes it a fiat currency, meaning it doesn't have a value in and of itself. Its value is based off of something else. Gold's not that way. Gold has a value in and of itself. In itself, it has value. And God does too. God has value that is not born of what other people think about him. It's not born of whether or not we will or will not worship him. It's not based off of how you perceive his kingdoms or how you perceive his actions. God's value is based uh, solely and intrinsically in himself. And uh, there's nothing more and there's nothing uh, better than him. He is above all things. 
He is the gold standard. He is the standard of how things are and goodness. Everything that he has made is good, and nothing that he's made is not good. And his creation is the gold standard. And the way he does things and how he has told us to act is or to live, how he's told us to live is the gold standard. It's, it is the very best. Now, are we always good at that? No, not always. Do we always live it out the way we ought to? No, we don't. But that does not change the fact that God is the gold standard. Do we always say that God teaches us this or that, even though it's clearly in Scripture? No. Oftentimes, we'll manipulate God's Word or try to make it say what we want it to say. And that goes on a lot of times. And it's not just done by the world. It's done by the church. It's done by people in the church. And uh, sorry, what God says and how He is and who, who, who He presents Himself to be is the gold standard. He is the preeminent being that everything is measured against. And that there's no way to get around that. Silver. Silver is, it's my favorite metal because it's the metal that represents God's grace. In fact, it's the blood price. It's the price for the shedding of blood. And throughout scripture, you see that everywhere. The most famous place in scripture where you see it is Jesus was sold by Judas to the high priest for 40 pieces of silver. And that is the price of killing a slave. And I think that is most beautiful. It's found it's found in Leviticus and uh, the cost of killing, and maybe Deuteronomy, but it's found it it's found it, it's the cost of you taking the life of someone's slave. And you say, well, that's not very nice that you do that. It is nice because we are a slave to sin, and Jesus paid the price for our slavery to sin to set us free and to set us free from the life of of sin set us free from death, <clears throat> set us free from shame and suffering, and to give us hope and give us a future. And silver is that price. Throughout Scripture, if something happens and they have to pay for, for someone dying or for some kind of destruction, usually the price that's paid is the silver price. It's the redemption price. It is what is used to redeem us. And so uh, oftentimes, People ask me, do you invest a lot in gold? I, a little, not much. But do I invest a lot in silver? Yeah, I do. And you say, silver's not <clears throat> as valuable as gold. That's true because in order for me to have silver, I got to have gold. Gold is the author of life. God is the gold standard. But because I have gold, because God is that who he is, I do get the redemption of God and I find that in silver. And so silver is something I like to, if I run across some silver somewhere that someone wants to get rid of, I always pay for it. Why? Because I need as much of God's grace as I possibly can have. And there's nothing like running across a silver coin when they're giving you change at Jack's or running across a silver coin laying somewhere in a corner that nobody's seen in a long time. There's nothing like it. Silver is its the beauty of God's redemption, and I, I just love it. Now, the third one is the one we don't like the most. It's the bronze. And bronze is a picture of God's judgment and his holiness. And there's no way to get around it. If you're going to have God's grace, you have to have judgment too, okay? Judgment is what drives us to God's grace. Judgment is what makes us realize that we are sinners and that we're uh, separated from him. Judgment is our understanding of how we aren't the gold standard. We do not meet that standard. And uh, God's judgment is real, and it's alive, and it's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to to use as uh, fodder for your own arguments. It is a powerful uh, aspect of who God is. God is love. 
but God is holy and just also. And you can't have one without the other. In fact, Jesus quite clearly is, describes God as love himself, but he's also truth. And you can't have love without truth. You can't have mercy without judgment. And you can't have grace without holiness. And so if you're going to understand who God is, you have to understand him. Sure, he is wonderful and he is mighty and he's above all things. He is gold. Sure, he offers us the redemption that comes from his son, and that is silver. But we don't get access to any aspect of that. We don't get access to any aspect of that if God is not holy and just also. And so understanding that and getting that as you're studying God's word, you begin to see God in his fullness. You you really begin to see God as he is. And God says, to build my sanctuary where I'm going to dwell, I'm going to need gold, silver, and bronze. I'm going to need these pictures of who I am and what I do. And if we're going to have a place where I can dwell among you, you're going to have to bring those to me. You're going to have to recognize those things. Those things are going to be have to be aspects of how you relate to me. And I think as believers, it is really important that we understand that is how we're going to have to relate to God. You got to start out with he's sovereign and he's mighty and he's holy and he's above all things and everything that he does is good. All right. You got to relate to him that way or you're not relating to him in truth. Okay. I also that God, because he's all those things is able to offer us his grace and his mercy and hope that is summed up in Jesus Christ. So, we have a right to him, okay? And we have a right to access by him, access to him through the redemption of his son, which is spelled out in silver. But that being said, we need to understand that we're not dealing with a God who is not holy, that it, who is not a God of judgment and righteousness. And when we come to him, we need to understand that he is those things. And if we don't understand that, then oftentimes we, we treat him as common, and he is not common. He wants to be a, a regular part of your life, but he does not want to be common before you. He wants to be a God who he is, and he wants to have intimacy with you as he is so that you can experience him in his fullness. I pray that'll be the case for you. I expect it. I expect it to be a part of your worship as you as you come into his presence. I expect you to, it to be a part of your understanding of who he is. <laughs> and then finally... I expect it to be a part of, of how you relate to the world that God has made us to live in. And he asked for gold, silver, and bronze. Those are offerings of, of his righteousness, of his sovereignty, of his grace, and of his righteousness. And why shouldn't we give him those offerings? Hi, this well, is Chad should. Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word, and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.